And a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. And uh, this is podcast number 43. We're live on Facebook as well as on WEIU.net, iTunes. So just uh, hope you're enjoying all the shows. We're going to start off with our webmaster had sent us a note about this uh, place called Vice Sports, which is laying off a few writers. And, and he wanted us to talk about maybe you know how people read sports online. Or do they go more video or do they go more uh, writing and how people enjoy uh, you know websites like that. So I'll let you start there, Joe. Well, there's no doubt that video is becoming... A, a large part of what we do in sports journalism it's important you know but I don't know I think there's a lot more to do made of this than than actually happens vice sports is trying to recalibrate or pick whatever way you want to say that but they're trying to figure out how to how to, how to reach out to people and video is becoming a bigger part of it they're not getting rid of all writers and no one's getting rid of all writers, and I don't think that's going to happen because the written word is the basis for anything, right? I agree. And I, I think written is better. I mean, when I go to websites, I don't really want to watch the video. You know, I would rather read and, uh, and digest and then read at my will. You know, websites, you know, when the video sometimes is too loud, it's annoying. You can actually read and, uh, and just enjoy the writing, and I think that's hopefully where people are going. But I understand what Dustin was concerned about, and I'm sure the concern of iSports. Not a lot of people really probably use Vice Sports as maybe their number one or number two source for right. you know sports writing, but it's just another example of how where sports are online and uh, is, is his heading, and so it's, it's kind of at that crossroads right now, as most TV and journalism and, and everything is right now. So much is in flux. Yeah, well, most professions, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, it breaks my heart any time a writer loses a job. You know, yeah. that, I spent my life doing that. I still write, and uh, I think it's important, obviously, but... Leading up to this, I had always read, and whether it was in my linguistics classes, about the difference between the written word and the verbal language there, the written and the verbal language there. And so I did a little research, and I mean very little. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at some neurology sites and stuff like that, yeah. spent about an hour. And, it, and, and a lot of it was confirmed. They're pretty much saying the things, the difference between the verbal and the written is that <clears throat> we understand and comprehend things a lot better when we write it down yeah. or we see it. And it's funny because I, I, f I find myself to be a visual learner. I don't know how you are, but words are visual because I'm seeing it printed on a piece yeah. of paper. Yeah, when I teach my class, uh, I, I always make the students write a lot of notes. They're like, don't you have handouts or can't you do it online? I'm like, no, because I think if you write it and see it, you remember it better and it becomes part of who you are. So I agree 100%. Yeah, and, and I guess this sort of leads into another topic we're talk we want to talk about is about the whole CTE uh, of that study. Yeah, CTE scan of 112 former football players came back with 111 of the 112 uh, sh uh, having some sort of CTE. And I'm not going to explain what CTE is, but basically it's short for a serious brain injury or, or even a moderate to serious brain injury. Um, and, and, you know, there's even people that talked about... Uh, Today, a, a Baltimore Ravens starting center retired uh, because possibly because of the uh, the CT and this uh, and this uh, study that was done. Right, and and and, and I'll say it's chronic traumatic um, encephalopathy. That I was always, the word. Always, that was the word I was trying to get away from. <laughs> but, but you know what? I write that down every single time. I remember the chronic and I remember the traumatic, but I can never say it. And this is why I'm not an on-air talent. I'm, I'm a non-talent. That's why you just say CTE. And I know, but I want to... And, and, uh, the, encephalopathy. Yeah. Encephalopathy. Yeah. There you Nailed go. it. All right. Um, but it causes memory loss and dementia and all kinds of things that have been well reported over the last several years. But Maybe even leading to suicide in some cases, they think. A lot of them. I, one, of, one of the big stories must have been 10, 12 years ago it was about, uh, remember Mike Webster, the you know, one of the great linemen of all time. I think he was center, right? Yep, center. And... Um, 
about how he committed suicide is a great piece if you want to go read the, the, the best uh, sports writer series by Glenn Stout. It's, it's part of that. He, I yeah. think it was, may have even been an ESPN story, which yeah, was unusual for the time because yeah. they didn't really print, print a whole lot. But this... Well, I, what I got, and you did more research on this than I did, but with, of the study of the 112... Uh, NFL players. Yeah. How how were they recent or were they far away? Because there's been so much technology change in the last few years. Now, if you're going to test 112 football players from the 60s and 70s as compared to the helmets and everything today, well, I'm, it, of the, they did what 202 total, but only 112, like you mentioned, were NFL players. Yeah, they went back to I remember this. I remember his football card, Ollie Matson. They went back to the 50s and the 60s. But they also had a, a quarterback from the Giants. What was it? Tyler Sash, I think. He's like, yeah. He was like 27 years old, okay. died about a year, year and a half ago. And he had major problems. He died of an accidental overdose of painkillers. And he died uh, because of those pains that happened there. But he was 27. It just okay. happened a couple of years All ago. Right, so. And they said he's only 27. How does that happen? And the study continues to say, the story in the New York Times, if you have a chance, by the way, it's, it's a great story. It, it, the graphics and everything are, are offered there. But the words there, this is a story that us saying it right now or hearing it on the air is not going to have the impact of reading it. I've read and reread sections of okay. it because it's tough to remember all this stuff. Even now after I've read it, you know, you have to go back and, <laughs> and contemplate it, don't you think? Yeah. And um, so it was, it was newer players and so older players. So it was a players. mix. Good. That's why I was... Not that I was hoping that, but I didn't want it to be all older and then kind of skew the, right. skew oh, the, sure. skew the stats. Good so point. I did not go to the details like you did. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And, you know, it, it enters people that are, you know, that are concerned that the football will eventually go away as the sport we know it because of, you know, the whole CTE and brain injuries and, you know, young, you know, young parents not wanting their kids to play tackle football at a young age because you know, they said it can start when they're young. Um, but there really has been a very, very different change in terms of how people are coached now. There's, there's no two-a-days, very little hitting, no live tackling. Kids are taught to tackle heads-up football. Uh, you know, the helmets are so much better. Uh, pads are better. Nutrition's better. There's so much change that aspect that it really does make it a little bit easier. But, you know, if you get hit repeatedly on the head, they think the CTE can um, you know can come about sometime in your in your life and this study kind of proves that so we'll see what the next 15 to 20 years will do I've talked to a lot of like school administrators who are really concerned hmm. that football is going to be too expensive to have it at the high school level just for the fact that insurance goes up and yeah. up at the JFL level all the way to you know to to you know the high school level and insurance for football is going up and you can understand yeah, there's, there's so much written on it and so much improved. And this, this recent study is, I think, another Boston University or college, I forget, where they have a, a big uh, CTE institute there. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't, I'm among those. Football, I don't think, is going to go away completely, but it's going to be marginalized somewhere. I don't know, maybe by our next, you know, by our grandkids' generation. I, I would think so. Because of the expense of the insurance, plus boxing that's not big I know I know MMA came and all these others but that's still a marginal sport it's not it's not I mean the NFL right now is it rules TV but it, I, well yeah the one small thing it. that they could make in the NFL to help a little bit on a very small scale is mandatory mouthpieces 
The fact that they don't make the pro players wear mouthpieces is beyond me. They should have to wear mouthpieces. Yeah, that would help a little bit when you know when you're talking about some minor things. You know, you know, softer, you know, softer shell helmets have been talked about. You know, with the you know and, and other you know other ways, and they're doing the on-field testing now. But you know, that's even some one of those things that people kind of they look the other way if they have to. I think in some instances that's been talked about a lot lately. Uh, even Tom Brady's wife has mentioned that he had concussions that when nobody on the Patriots or was was aware of it. So we'll see what happens. As, as this goes forward, but uh, yeah, it was a very scary report when 111 of the 112 football players showed some type of CTE. That that really awoke a lot of people's eyes. Sure, and then two things. Keep in mind that, as we know, that of those players who were asked to be studied, they suspected it. So yeah. it doesn't mean that 99% are. But what that means is that if you take all these other numbers. That's a sizable portion. I don't know if it's ten or twenty or twenty-five percent. Yeah. That's still if that many people in any profession are getting that kind of problem. Holy crap! Yeah, you know that that's amazing. Uh, some, something from the story here that 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 jumped out was I always heard they were really bad, the concussions, but the continued minor hits. Like you've coached, I think you've coached football, right? Yeah, started this week actually. Started this week, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it it wasn't the concussions that they're saying so much. It's the it's the prolonged. Uh, sustained hits. In, in this study they talk about, and Stanford University did a study of an offensive lineman that in one game got 72, they call them, I think, sub-concussive uh, hits there. Yeah. 72 in one game in a lineman, because the linemen are ones that are getting most of the hits. And, yep. and offense and defense, that's why in this study I think 44 of the 110 were um, yeah, uh, where that well, as a lineman are in the trenches, that's where you know most yeah. of the you know when you think about the initial contact is every t- every play they're making some type of contact. Right. Whereas a quarterback and the skill player and the defensive backs on the other end, not every play they may not even touch another football player, let alone hit one. So you you can see where that would definitely skew to linemen. But you know linemen are, you know there's more linemen than anything on the football field at one time. Right there's you know, there's going to be between five to ten linemen on both I mean, combination of both sides of the field on any given play. Yeah, I guess it wasn't until the what was it the uh, the blind side till offensive line were actually getting paid yeah. their due finally. Uh, one thing that I didn't in in the New York Times story again, go check it out. I think it's called 110 NFL Brains. Yeah. Uh, by uh, Joe Ward, Josh Williams, and and, and Sam Masterston. Uh, each of those subconcussive hits, not the ones where you're getting collision when you're getting yeah. it. Is equivalent to driving your car into a brick wall at 30 miles an hour. Oh, wow! So that offensive line hit 72 times, getting smacked like. That. And you can see where the study would show that the, you know these people are going to have this CTE. I mean, when you just when you listen to what Joe just said, it makes sense. It, but it, the sad thing is, you, you you're wearing a 49er <laughs> yes, uh, I am. a shirt today. Well, I, 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 I'm I'm supporting Colin Kaepernick. There you go. And I uh, you know we my seventh grader started football this year this week, and we're we're you know we're not hitting yet. We hit next week. But you know we've kind of we, we warm them up and prepare them and and try to teach them heads up tackling and tackle with your shoulders and arms. But still, right. kids are going to get hit in the head, and you just have to watch and pay attention more than ever about that. It, it's 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 part of the game, and of course, playing doesn't guarantee you're going to be having some CTE clearly. No. But it means that your likelihood in, of of getting hit playing. And well, that's not why playing. some players just like to get in and get that one contract, get the second contract, get the guaranteed money, and that's why football players' life you know lifespan in the NFL is between I think three point five yeah, years. Something crazy, they, you know. When you, when you think about like uh, you know the Roethlisberger and Brady and Eli Manning, these guys that have been quarterback in twelve to fifteen years, I mean that the, that is not the norm. Uh, and but they're not getting hit as much with the new NFL rules. But <laughs> that's the linemen are so oh my they're God. the ones getting thrown to the meat grinder. One other thing in, in this in this story, they estimated that an average NFL linebacker, if he plays for ten, it's not an NFL linebacker who plays for ten years, 
over that 10 years is going to have 15,000 of these hits driving into the wall 30 miles an hour. Wow. 15,000. So my next topic was be that NFL camps opened this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I guess most of the uh, the, the storylines are coming out of Dallas. If you, uh, this is amazing. Dallas oh, has a couple geez, players yeah. you know, that are quote-unquote in borderline trouble in Zeke Elliott and I think another receiver. But then Lucky Whitehead, the receiver, who's an average player at best in the NFL. Not aptly named, by the way. Yeah, not lucky. Uh, you know, was arrested for shoplifting. Found out it wasn't him. He was a victim of, uh, you know, uh, uh, his ID was stolen, I guess, was the best uh, identity theft. Yeah. And then the Cowboys cut him before they found out that he was identity th- identity theft victim. And so it wasn't him that shoplifted. But then the Cowboys uh, kept him cut. And uh, it, I'm sure this is going to go to the players' uh, union. There's going to be oh a, my God, yeah. a fight over this. But the, you know, but the Cowboys have other players who've been in a lot worse trouble than Lucky Whitehead, and they've kept him. Uh, including Greg Hardy for a while in the last couple of years, yeah. who yes, is an, you know, if you've read about him, we're not even going to talk about that guy, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and it goes back to Michael Irvin, and all of, all the players have been in trouble, and they just cut this lucky whitehead. So it, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, I know he's one of those guys that you know, oh, he's a great businessman, he's been good for the NFL. At some point. They need to be held accountable in Dallas, I would think, and I would hope the Dallas media is trying to hold their feet to the fire, and I know you have a little bit more on this. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing that intrigues me more than anything is not what happened to him, although that's pretty bizarre. Um, It it was the press conference afterwards. People continue to go into press conferences, whether it's Sean Spicer or or Trump or Jason Garrett or who pick any other person there, and deny, deny, deny when, when clearly there's a reason for it. Honesty is going to gain you some trust in the Americans' eyes. I think we're very forgiving people most of the time. I think so. Um, And the media, of course, reflects that. And Jason Garrett, anybody who's listening right now, go check out Jason Garrett's press conference after... After the uh, it came, I was I think it was yesterday morning yeah. or afternoon yeah. or the day before. At the end of every question, he said, "We made a decision that we think is in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys." After, like you were saying, the Dallas media was asking some really tough questions. Yeah. Oh, and and why did you do this? Do you feel sorry? You're going to apologize? They never said anything about apologizing. They did nothing about it whatsoever. It just came back to always, we made a decision that we think is in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys. He repeats it, I think, at least six or yeah, seven six times. Yeah, six or seven times. And, and, and a smarter answer would have been he, he was looked a... looked like an idiot. Yeah, he looked yeah, he, he looked like an idiot, but I think the smarter answer for Garrett would have been he was a fringe player, and we didn't want another we didn't want another problem on the team, so we made this decision. Then it kind of deflects a little bit, but for him to say that makes no sense. Yeah, because we pulled the trigger a little early. Maybe we shouldn't have done that, but in retrospect, I don't think it hurts the team. And he probably, so won't, you know, you can always say, well, you know, yeah, because I don't think there's a there's not a real big uh, a run for NFL teams to sign Lucky Whitehead. I mean, he was again a friend. Although the Jets picked him up. The Jets did pick him up. Okay, Today, did I think it was this morning. Joe, breaking news, man. Oh, You're sorry, yeah, breaking. Oh, we need one of those. Yeah, exactly. But that's just stupid because Jason Garrett developed a relationship with those beat writers, and now. He's hurt that relationship, and nationally, people who hasn't had a relationship with, he looks like a fool. Yeah, there's no reason to lie when we know the news. Yes. <laughs> there, can that be the quote? That should be the quote there of our you story. Go. Let's put that. That's no the line reason. of the day. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so we'll have a lot more NFL news over the next few weeks, I'm sure. Uh, a couple of media notes. Uh, 
that now, you know, Mike Greenberg, who's going to you know leave Mike and Mike after Thanksgiving. They've been trying to find a co-host for him. I thought it was going to be Sage Steele. I feel like Mike Greenberg's already checked out. Don't yeah. You? Oh yeah, the show is even worse than it ever was. But now they're looking to go after Fox's Carissa Thompson uh, to be his co-host because I guess they couldn't find anybody at the ESPN or Sage Steele didn't work out. So it's funny that they've already announced you know the, the Wingo and Golick show and that show you know will, will maintain some traction where Greenberg is starting all over on ESPN and we'll have to find a co-host who can get along with his idiosyncrasy. But they're having trouble really locking one down. What show would you rather be part of? You mean if I, if you were a producer or working, or you were one of the hosts, which of those shows do you think would be more interesting to be part of? And besides the fact of a viewer, but I would be with the one that's established. You know, I, I have built radio stations and I've built programs and things. You know, even like this, it's so much better when you're established. Golik and Wingo is where I'd go. Because to me, Greenberg is doesn't really he knows sports and I know he's got a great background in sports, but I don't really think his passion is for sports right now. I think his passion is for other things, and so I don't want to be around a new show. I'd just rather go with develop the Golick and Wingo show. Hmm, interesting. So um, you would probably go the other way, right? I would exactly I go the that. other way. <laughs> and the reason being is that um, I, admittedly, I get bored with things if, if if things don't change a little bit here or there or. Uh, not everything. Obviously, I've been married almost 30 years. <laughs> She's, I, she has to deal with me. I'm, I'm lucky That's to true. have her. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would do that for the smartest thing Joe ever said. Right. I'll kick that coverage. <laughs> um, so, but the thing is, I don't think his show's going to be a sports-centric show. I think it's going to be more along the lines of like... like entertainment? Like TMZ yeah, think, and uh, no, Good Morning America? I think sports, but it's not real. I think it's going to be a show for not hardline sports but, fans, don't you think? But do you think fluff sports fans are going to turn into ESPN? I don't know. Well, as I've mentioned, I know you're not a real big fan, but uh, the Levitard show. He's grown on me a little bit. Uh, he aggravates me sometimes, but it's not that I can't watch it. It's just not one of my must-watches. Yeah, they, they cover sports, but it's not really all sports. You know, they like to do all kinds of goofy things, and they've got the guy from the Miami Zoo coming out on Tuesdays talking about animals <laughs> and, you know, and, it all, and WWE wrestling people from the present, or actually, I guess, the past. Now, speaking of that, now, I think the WWE slash this fight that's coming up, McGregor and Mayweather, has done something really, really interesting. Did you see that they're going to offer $40 seats in movie theaters? theaters so you can go to the movies that night pay 40 bucks and then the fight will be in the movie theaters so individuals tickets will be around 40 dollars compared to what well if you're going to rent it at home it's going to be about 89.95 89 dollars yeah so eighty nine dollars, yeah, and people, but you know, eighty nine freaking dollars yeah, for a fight or whatever for a fight that doesn't matter. Yeah, for a f- I'd rather watch a jaguar versus a grizzly bear with it, <laughs> you know. But not Miami Phelps Zoo. versus the shark. That was a scam. <laughs> Michael Phelps, what were you thinking? And he's trying to defend himself, but I'm not even going there. But right. I just thought that was an interesting. It's a nice concept, though, when you think about it. I mean, would you rather pay ninety bucks and have your friends come over to your house, or pay forty bucks and for you to go to the movies and watch it? And so this is for people who don't have friends. I assume so, Joe. I assume so. I'm not going to watch it anyway, so. I <laughs> Um, Another interesting uh, media notes, I thought. I don't know if you heard about this, but three obscure sports all did really okay to to good in uh, ESPN and Fox ratings. Drone racing, which I have no interest in. Drone racing? Drone racing. Probably the most exciting thing since, um, I don't know, vacuum cleaning? Cornhole on ESPN actually. Wait, can we say that on the air? Yes, you can. That's where you throw bags in the holes. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. And then darts (laughs) on Fox actually showed up well. So uh, really weird that some niche, really niche sports uh, showed up in the ratings when you think about it. So we are in the summer. uh, So trust me, people are really ready for the NFL to start. So. You're not kidding. But, uh, but uh, conversely, I don't think people were really excited about the British Open. 
the British it's Open. It's the Open Championship, no, Joe. No, 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 no. As a media we're member, you have to call it correct. You know that. Uh, we're, we're, our audience would, wants to know, <laughs> if you say the Open, we're going to think it's the, the British US Open, Open yeah. because we're better than everybody. But yeah, you're right. The the Open Champions, yeah. 146. Why would they not? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's it's always a great event. They always have great courses. Love it. I wake up early in the morning. Now, did you hear watch what? It, no, watch he, it a whole lot. But the ratings were 3.6. Did you hear what Mike Greenberg said about the British Open? What did he, say? he said it was more compelling than the in, NBA playoffs as a whole. That's the one thing he did say this week that I thought was interesting and newsworthy. What do you think? I I was. Uh, I I guess how you. Snipped, compelling. Compelling, because yeah. That's the I key wanted one. to watch every minute of the Warriors and Cavs, even though I had almost no doubt that the Warriors were going to win. Because I I enjoy watching the game. Yeah. Whereas the British Open, I thought it was. I mean, I don't know that I would have watched the NBA for four or five hours. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I sat around and on and off for about four or five hours on Saturday and Sunday, watched a bit. I mean, what, what do you think? Oh, I didn't watch one bit of the golf, so I couldn't <laughs> I tell you. I think so. I know Jordan Spieth won, and I know there was some amazing play or amazing shots on 13 and 14 on the final round. Yeah, okay. Are well, you proud you, of me? You, you uh, are. Uh, That's fantastic. All right. I'm going to so. have to bring you out to the course next <laughs> week. I'm out in country. I'll break club. out the old course. Um, uh, well, speaking of the Cavs and Warriors, the Cavaliers are now the Yankees of the NBA, where there's drama every day. And now it's LeBron yeah, the and Yankees Kyrie. Yankees are full of drama right well, now. As we, young growing kids. up in the 70s and 80s, oh, when, yeah, when okay. every day was who George Bryant. Yeah, uh, that's what I would refer to. That's my point of reference. You but, are correct. But what about that? Too. Now Kyrie Irving wants traded. He's mad at, at LeBron. LeBron's mad at him. Stephen A. Smith had to get his big mouth involved in it. Uh, it and the NBA just you know just stays on top of the news cycle, uh, just basically because these NBA stars and where they want to play and the fact they want to play with their friends and not with the teams that are drafting them. And so it's it just the NBA. I love. I love the way that the NBA commissioner uh, is it Silver, so, is it Silver? Adam Silver, Adam Silver came out and goes, "Oh, I wish we weren't on the pay- front pages with this kind of news." Yes, you do. There's no, there's no murder, there's no blood, there's no drugs, there's no arrest. It's just guys not getting along, putting the NBA on the top of the newspaper. So uh, the NBA is, it's right now is it's close as it's ever been to equal the NFL in terms of just everyday news. Absolutely, I'm so proud of the NBA <laughs> uh, getting their big time and having all these. We're talking about the NBA and. Mid July, when we should be talking SEC football and the NFL. <laughs> Dang right. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Uh, this this whole story with Kyrie Irving, I couldn't believe that he came out and said that. But it goes to show that not every player is trying to win a championship. Some people still have that huge ego, like Kyrie Irving thinks that he can carry a team, which it, there's no indication he can. He has one of the, I think he has a minus on defense and doesn't play uh, defense. Oh. He, well, that's yeah, yeah. His his metrics are minus on defense. He's he actually, you know, I was surprised. He he held the ball more than LeBron James during the season too. So yeah. what what the hell does he want? I, mean, I, I don't get it. I mean, if he wanted out, I think there's a good chance LeBron is either going is going to go to another team next year. Couldn't you just wait out one more year? You're going to be in the NBA Finals again, pretty much by default, unless the Celtics get there. So at worst, you're in the uh, the Eastern Conference champions. You're still pop name. You're getting. You're going to be playing well. You're going to get paid good, and LeBron's going to leave. So I I, I think he made a mistake. I, I think he. Wanted to be the alpha dog, like you said, and I don't you think it's going to... You can't be the alpha dog when LeBron James no. is in the same state as you. Yeah. And where's he going to go? 
I mean, there's, that's the thing is there really isn't a team that's out there. Maybe the Knicks with Porzingis and him could be a decent team, but what do they have around them after that? I don't but know. If you're the Cavs, you want something because this guy is under contract for the next two seasons. Two or three years, yeah. So it's not just a one-season renter. You know, like Paul yep. George, I believe, is just a one-year contract, yep. right? So they're going to be recruiting him the whole time. They're out there in Oklahoma. I think it – you know, this just shows that there are still some players like a Carmelo Anthony and 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 uh, Irving that it's all about them. Yep, uh, well said. All right, last topic of the day, Joe. I know you you've been to a lot of ballparks, and I meant to ask you this last week. Mm-hmm. Is there that one ballpark food that you that's your go-to when Joe Jasandi is at a uh, Major League Baseball stadium? Oh, I have to go with a hot dog. Oh, you just the regular uh, hot dog. Traditionalist site, you gotta have a good dog. As a matter of fact, the. Um, the staler, the bun, and the and the hot dog. <laughs> the you, more I feel at home. I mean, I, I covered so many minor league games in my day where it was like dollar Tuesdays, dollar beers, and hot dogs. Of course, when I was covering it, I couldn't drink the beers. But uh, I have to have a beer and I have to have a hot dog. There you go. Other than that, you know, you everything care. else is a bonus. There you go. Now, would you eat? Now, have you heard out here in Seattle? They have they have the grasshoppers. Nice. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't I, try it. I wouldn't eat a grasshopper unless I was on on my on death's door, you know, crawling across a desert, and that's all I could grasp. Other than that, I'm, Joe is. I'm not. There you go. That's a great answer, man. I didn't. I would. I didn't know where you're going to go. I knew you were a traditionalist, but I thought maybe you would be a nachos guy, but or peanuts, but no, hot dog and a beer for Joe. I like that. So. No, you got to go. Well, what do you? What's yours? I would go nachos before the hot dog. I like the nachos. I'm a nacho man. Oh, okay, so, I see. But I probably wouldn't eat the crickets either, or grasshoppers or whatever they're selling in Seattle. Whatever they are. I mean, they're chili lime, though. They're flavored, at least. Oh, well, you didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I got, buddy. That's great. All right, good show. I hope you all enjoyed it out there in Facebook world. It'll be posted soon. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody.